Awesome. Welcome, everyone, to today's Global Intelligence webinar. And uh, we've got a special guest today talking about marketing, Lisa Bell, the director of the Word Architect Digital Marketing and Copywriting Agency, magazine chief editor for Word, for Word and for Lead magazine. Lisa has been writing romantic fiction since a teen, and what started as a way to escape has now materialized into a passion and love. During the day and most nights, she runs a digital marketing and copywriting agency, The Word Architect. However, she still manages to escape into her fantasy world of imagination and words whenever she has a gap. She describes her lifestyle as writing as easy and, and uh, conversational, no matter whether you're reading her urban fantasy genre novels or a PR piece about business. Lisa knows that the digital world is noisy, and in order to capture someone's attention, she follows the three C's. Be concise, be creative, and be constant. Welcome, Lisa, and I think we are very excited to, to see what you've got to, to uh, share with us today. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chris, and thank you, everybody, for being here, especially those on a public holiday, <laughs> like yeah. myself. But this is a global world, so here we are, and... Um, Today, I'm going to chat to you about love and business. I'm going to get straight into it. And then uh, somewhere in between, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about myself as well. All righty. So, and then, you know, in terms of questions, I think we agreed we're going to wait till the end. But if there's something very pressing, just pop your hand up and Chris will manage it from there. All righty. So, I'm off. <laughs> he loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. This is the adage of the of uh, years and years gone by. Does he? Will he call? Will we meet again? What will happen to our future? The Washington Post claims that an average long-term relationship ends after two years and nine months, regardless of whether the couple is married or not. Let's put that in our pocket for a moment. They love me. They love me not. Having a business. Will they follow my posts? Will they like me? Will they do business with me? Um, a stat there that might be interesting to you is that Fortunely tells us that when it comes to customer loyalty, as much as 97% of customers stay loyal to at least one brand in their lifetime. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm liking those stats better than the romantic stats for sure. So a couple of other stats that will interest you before we dive into the meat of this is that in South Africa, 70% of all the population are internet users, right? 49% of that are online, shopping online in some manner. And then 46% of social media users are, are social media users. So you can see that in terms of what's happening in South Africa, you should be online, you should be having a digital footprint. Let's look at the world's um, stats. In correlation, 57% of the world's population are internet users, and of that, 28% are shopping online. So you can see slightly lower than South Africa. Um, they call us a third world country. Well, look at those stats. And then 58% have a social media presence. So in all, what this tells us is that as a business, you should be online, you should have some form of digital footprint. So how do you ensure longevity of your brand and your customer's loyalty in this very busy digital world? You learn to mix love and business. 
that might sound like an oxymoron to you. How the hell do you mix love and business in the same universe? And certainly what does love and business have to do with being online? Before we jump into that, I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself and why I think you should continue to listen. So my business is The Word Architect. We've been around for eight years. I myself have been an entrepreneur for over 25 years in various industries. And for the last eight years, I have been running The Word Architect. And as Chris said, we're our digital marketing and copywriting agency, as well as a media publication business. The team, oh, I actually want to go back, sorry. The team itself consists of these wonderful ladies right here. We have our Brie on the left, who's our digital guru of all things social. Then in the middle, we have Kristen, our amazing chief designer. And then we have Angie, who's our copywriter and content creator, and myself and I oversee. We look after digital marketing services. We look after websites. We look after um, two wonderful media publications. You'll see them behind me if you can have a look. We have Lead, which is owned by Lundy and Mike, and Word, which is our own magazine and is purely digital. All righty. So again, back to that question. How do you ensure longevity of your brand and your customer's loyalty? Well, I like to think that it's easier to split things up in threes. And so we always focus on the brand story. We look at the digital footprint. And of course, we look at staying relevant in this extremely noisy world. So I'm going to break that down even further for you. What does a brand story actually mean? You've probably heard a lot of this before, but um, let's see if we can make it a bit more simple and something, something tangible that you can use. Your brand objective. This is your typical why. What is the purpose of your brand and your offering? The old school would be your vision and your mission. While a lot of companies don't tend to put that up um, readily into a company profile or to the website, it's actually a really good thing to have a vision and a mission. What is your brand's why? Old Simon Sinek, go and listen to him if you haven't already. Then you have your brand personality. This defines your brand. You need to clearly define your business's mission to ensure interesting and effective storytelling. The who, what does your brand look like? Just as much as you have a personality, so does your brand. Then we look at the characters in your business. This would be yourself, understanding yourself and your culture, understanding your staff, your suppliers, your target market. If you're not sure of what all of these are and how to speak to them, then you should be going back to step one again. Then we look at the visuals of your business. Every business has a brand, a logo, a uh, visual appeal. You need to analyze that. And so not just what you like, but what you know that your audience will like. And then lastly, we look at your USP, which is your um, unique selling point. And it's not about what, again, what you like, but what do people want? Can you provide them something different? And how do you do that to stand out from the rest? We move on to our digital footprint, and I like to call it the five P's. You've got your product. That's an obvious one, and we'll be surprised you how many business owners cannot define their actual product or offering. If you cannot define it, if you're not sure what it is, you need to sit down and think about that super carefully, because if you can't describe it, how can anybody else understand what it is you're selling? Then we look at your place. And this is not where you live. This is where your product lives. 
Is it online? Is it in a store? Is it on the street? Is it maybe all of them? You need to know where your product is so that you can present it to your audience and they know where to find it. Presence. Are you visible? Are people taking notice? It's super difficult. That's why marketing um, gurus exist, but you need to think about how visible you are to the public. People. We've mentioned it before. You need to know your customers inside out. If your customer is not the type that's going to go online, then you shouldn't be online. If they're the type that wants to walk into a store, try on a garment, try that uh, perfume, whatever it is, then you need to be physical in a store. And then proactivity, which is where everyone generally falls down a little bit. You can't rest on your laurels. You need to be looking at ways to always be noticed. So that's your digital footprint in a nutshell. Obviously, they can be fleshed out quite nicely, but those are the five P's that I always help clients with. And then our third point is staying relevant. And this one gets a little bit messy and a little bit complicated, but there are, again, not things that you haven't heard of. Are you engaging? And this is, we're talking social media, we're talking digital marketing, we're talking about online. Are you actually engaging with your audience? It's all fair and well to put pretty pictures out there, lovely videos maybe, but in the end, you're actually not really talking to your audience. You need to know how to do that and you need to literally be um, the human behind the brand. Trends are super difficult to keep um, on top of. And if you are at all on any social media channel, you generally have one that you prefer, you'll notice there are definite trends. From sounds that are trending to that dance that they're doing on TikTok to even um, how you're putting your content out. Maybe video, which is always very popular, is the way to go. Or does your brand suit that or not? Again, you need to know what trend works for your brand. Consistency is a huge one. And what happens a lot of the time is people will start up a wonderful social media strategy and they'll put out some content and it will be amazing for a month and then they go quiet and there's nothing. And the trick here is that it's not just about being in people's faces as often as you can. It's about an algorithm that sits behind the social media platforms. And when you start being more consistent, they start to recognize you and something magic starts to happen. So when a client says to me, well, I think I'll just post once a month. I'm like, well, then don't bother. Okay, let's try once a week. I'm like, hmm, still not good enough. In fact, the stats show that as a rule, and again, not all industries need to follow this, but as a general rule, you should be posting up to three times a day. That seems super impossible. It seems like it's going to take a long time and it's going to be just a nightmare. And are you going to irritate people is the other question I get. But I can tell you now it works. Just think about your feed when you're sitting around Instagram. If you're not on there for a day, you've missed out on the entire day's content. I won't even get into the numbers of what that means. So you obviously, the more consistent, the more obvious you're going to be in someone's feed. Influences are huge. And when I say influence, I don't mean always that TikTok person. An influencer can be a micro-influencer, can be someone who has influence in some manner that can help your business. They have built up an audience, they've built up a following, they've built up something that is, is uh, useful. And if you can tap into that and find the right influencer, it can help leverage your business to a completely new level. 
And then, of course, being authentic is what you should always be. And you might think that's, again, another oxymoron because half the people on, on, on social are not authentic or they don't seem to be. But if you can find that sweet spot and be and have your brand story as authentic and as real as it is and get that message out, people will fall in love with you. And that's what you want to do here. You want to mix up the love and the business so that people actually stay true to your brand and, and help you actually grow. And then timing. Now, if we could bottle this one, we'd be billionaires. Um, timing is so crucial in terms of not just when you post. Um, it's, it's about so many other factors, but there is a sweet spot here as well. And the only way to find the right timing for what you're putting out there to the world is to try over and over different ways, different timings, different days and months and, 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 and just keep trying because there is a sweet spot, but you have to be consistent and you have to do it over and over. Um, and that's what we try and do with our clients. We find that sweet spot and not everyone's going to go um, viral, but that is the end game is to actually get noticed. Alrighty. So that is the three steps that we generally follow with our clients. And in a little bit, I'll show you how we actually blueprint that out. Um, some information that would hopefully help you see why we're as successful as a digital marketing business um, is here for you. So we um, helped Finch Hatton, so it's a luxury uh, tented safari in Kenya. Um, they increased their followers by 47%, or we helped them increase their followers over just a period of a year, which is a really, really amazing good stat. Uh, window art sells, uh, they do exactly that, window art. And we help them increase their revenue by 20% over a period of only seven months by using our digital marketing efforts. The organic shop, which sells all organic products online, increased their sales by five times within a month over just a two-month period of using our um, services. And what we have done in across all our clients is save them time. They can put their efforts into other things rather than focusing on digital marketing, which is what we do. We save them at least up to 70% of their day and their time and in the end, their revenue. Alrighty, and the way that we do that is that we focus on what we call an omni-marketing strategy plan. We use those three elements that we just spoke of and we plug them into each of these phases. Now, these phases don't necessarily run in an order, but it depends on the brand and it depends on the actual offering. So we look at the own media, we focus there, we try to see what we can pull out of what they currently have. We look at shared media, and then we're looking at um, magazines, traditional marketing, social platforms, uh, influencers, things that can actually help them uh, share their media better. We obviously do look at paid media from Google ads to social media to, again, traditional, which could be billboards, et cetera, and then earned media. Now, this is where you've actually started to make a dent into the digital world, and you can start calling on others to share and earn from. And that's, um, uh, again, an amazing, amazing way to start uh, get, or to get your brand even more noticed. Alrighty, and because we believe so strongly in our own process, we have created our own blueprint of what we're about. And that all starts with the why. We believe in excellence. We believe in 
being passionate about ourselves and our clients. We love the artistic side of digital marketing, and we're always looking for innovative ways to promote ourselves and our clients. And the way that we do that is obviously through digital marketing, through media, through branding and copywriting. And who are we looking to connect with? We want to look at those executives of companies that realize they need to have a proper digital footprint. We're looking at those thought leaders in their industries that want to speak out and we can help them do that. And on those innovators, those people that have ideas but not quite sure how to implement them, we want to speak to you as well. All right, so at the end, there's something that you can do. You can obviously carry on the way you have, perhaps do nothing. Um, and the stat shows there that up to 70% of people um, are on, as we said, on digital marketing. If you're not there, you're in the minority. You can try it yourself, and absolutely. However, you're going to spend at least 70% of your time doing that. And the stats show that most people start and then stop and just goes nowhere. And of course, the one that I love the most is that you can use and invest in a digital marketing agency. Um, and that has become proved extremely popular, especially over COVID period. Um, this is one industry that actually boomed for obvious reasons. People needed to be online. And so they sought out how do they do that? And instead of doing nothing, trying it themselves, they went the digital marketing route with an agency. Um, in summary, that is me, that is my team. Um, what I do want to offer you just for being on the call today and taking this time out is a completely free 30-minute discovery session. And what we'll do for you is to work out what is your social love score. And what that means is, is that we ask you a couple of questions. We go have a little bit of a scout around what's happening on your online world. And we come back with a score that will tell us how good or how bad you are in terms of your digital footprint. And of course, how you can do better. So I'm open to that. If anyone wants to reach out, there's all the contact points. And if you're not sure afterwards, I'm sure Chris will help us out with that. So um, if anyone has any questions, I'm really happy to answer. That is my little presentation in a nutshell. Awesome. Thank you, Lisa. Quite, quite compact and powerful. Please, I think um, I went too quickly. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Um, we've got a, a question here from Alani, and it's quite a relevant one. I think everyone would like to know this one. Is um, You mentioned that there's three posts per day, minimum, to get some good results. Do that apply to Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, or, or is it a different type of field, different amounts of posting? No. So if I could take a step back before I answer that, um, one of the things we always do is we work out what platforms are best for what brand and offering, and not all of them. Please do not be on every single platform. There's definitely a platform for you, and generally I say start out with two, um, and possibly include a third. But again, it needs to be relevant to your audience. The stats, and I don't have that particular one up here, is that there are a certain type of audience that is on a certain type of platform. So that's number one, know your platform. Once you know which platform to be on, um, besides working out which time and day to post on, the three a day and up is, if you can do it, is paramount. And again, it's not to... Um, uh, irritate people because you won't be they might be seeing your brand a lot more but isn't that the point you want them to say well I keep on seeing this brand like you know an example I give in the traditional marketing world is think about outsurance when they first came out where did you see outsurance everywhere 
like everywhere. You saw them on billboards. That's what they did. They decided billboards was their thing. They were everywhere. Now you've got that new one called Naked. They're also all over the radio and all over billboards. They chose a platform and they went crazy on it. Another one that comes to mind is Rain, which is the little um, Wi-Fi you know, uh, company. They've chosen buses. Their target market clearly is on the road and in buses. So they chose buses, the back of buses, and they've done really well that way. So choose your platform, in this case, you know, in a digital marketing format, um, and go crazy on it. Like literally, but polished and professional and to point to your brand. But the more, the better. It, it really does work. And again, it's, it's about an algorithm. It's about that brand in your face constantly. Awesome. Oh, thanks for that, Lisa. I've, I've got another question here from Philippe. He says, or he asks, is there any recommendations for LinkedIn that you could give? Yeah. Um, so LinkedIn is one of those platforms that a lot of people are super scared of because they feel a little intimidated by it and by the people that generally are on LinkedIn. It is, uh, just so that you know, LinkedIn, if you if you didn't know, started out as a job portal. And it was where people would almost load their, their digital CVs and they'd be looking for work and people would be looking for people, candidates. It's become so much more. It is now a professional business platform. It's where all businesses should be. I say all, but I actually want to cut that a little bit away because there are certain businesses that, yes, can have a presence, but they shouldn't be on there in terms of a selling point of view. So that's a very big point. Do not sell on LinkedIn. You can push products through Facebook and Instagram and to a degree TikTok, but that's a different conversation. LinkedIn is not there for you to sell your product. It's there for you to be a thought leader in your industry, which is a difficult one for some people because they, if they're selling pure product, like I'm selling this pen, like, wow, how am I an industry leader? Um, there are ways to get that out of you. There are ways. So you're not selling product, you're selling your knowledge, you're adding value, you're educating. And because of that, people will look to you and go, well, I want to speak to Chris because he is a guru in terms of um, uh, presentations. Or Lisa, we want to speak to her because she seems to know everything about marketing. Um, that's how you can win people over in LinkedIn. It's subtly, it's softly. And of course, there's so many different tools now within LinkedIn you can use to do that. But by all means, do not sell, do not push product. You can softly do that, but in a very subtle way. So um, there's so many tips I could give you on LinkedIn, but if I could just say that one thing, then um, that that is the one big thing I would definitely want to, uh, to let people know about. Great. Thank you, Lisa. Is there any other questions from, from the attendees? I'd be interested if anyone's willing to tell me what platforms they use, social platforms, and what's worked and what hasn't worked for them, because that's always an interesting um, point. Anybody willing to let us know? Um, so Lisa Ian says he's going to reach out and request a discovery call. He's cool. quite interested in that. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Anyone willing to share? Who they're using mostly on the the link? Uh, sorry, on the social medias. You can unmute yourself. You're more than welcome. Hi, Lisa. So, um, I'm I'm starting a new business, brand new from scratch. And I think for me, the 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 thing right now is that LinkedIn is definitely not going to be 
maybe my target market and stuff. So I'm going to send you an email just to book a call. Mm-hmm. Um, in the past, I thought Facebook was still very much the, I'm going to say the older generation. So my target market is definitely from the foot, woman 40 plus. Is that still the case? Or And and I always kind of imagine Facebook was the, the older generation and the youngsters are all sitting on Instagram. Obviously, I don't mm. know about TikTok. Is there a... Yeah, it, it definitely still in that arena. Um, definitely, we hate to say older. We're not allowed to use that word. <laughs> it's older. Your mature audience, um, you'll find that... Um, your what's so not millennials the ones before now you know your your teens and tweens that are going up they're definitely on um tiktok for sure um they are very rarely on facebook so you're not incorrect you are definitely targeting a slightly older mature audience in facebook and instagram is starting to move in that direction as well you'll find a lot more mature people still now using going into instagram and going into tiktok as well but that's still in its infancy so if at all your target audience is 40 and up definitely look at facebook and include instagram because remember they're part of the same stable they're part of the major stable so you might as well include them both um i'd be interested to know what your business is about why you think that linkedin is not your space um i might convince you differently because you're also looking at Fifty up on LinkedIn, um, and, and again, it depends on how you're going to communicate what you're doing. But that could still also be an option for you. Okay, great. We'll do a call and we can yeah. explore mm-hmm. it. Yeah, why not? Awesome. Thank you, everyone. Is there any other questions for Lisa? Looks like you. you you did a great job, Lisa. <laughs> no, I'm going to talk. <laughs> when you when you have an expert on hand, you might as well make use of it. Hey? I think that's the whole, that's yeah. the whole purpose. <laughs> so I know a lot of people, obviously, in COE have already got existing businesses. Um, and like Lynette and I are starting, starting a brand new business. So this whole... <laughs> who's your brand what do you do creating all of this is very very overwhelming um and i just realized i think having this conversation is that you actually do need an expert to to pull it all together um and when we have our our thing it'll look it'll probably be around um, the costs and stuff but how would we start to to define our brand if you don't have a business yet? Mm. Um, good question. And it is one that that baffles or baffles everybody. Um, you know, you've got this concept or an idea, maybe even a product, but now what? You know, I don't have a story. That's generally what I hear. I don't, I don't really have a story. What am I going to say? I'm just like, I just want to sell this pen. <laughs> so it's, it's a matter of sitting down and going through like a series of questions. And I'm sure from Mike and Lundy's side and what they do, from a business perspective, that's a very good idea to obviously analyze the business concept. Marketing is part of the the bigger business picture and it definitely comes into play. Um, But generally we'll sit down and sort of pull it apart and analyze it to its depth. And you know, at the end of the day, sometimes, I'm not saying that's the case with your business, but sometimes you'll sit and go, 
well, the question is, is it a viable business? Is it something that people want? And from there, we feed out, you know, stories, some little keywords, things that that will actually resonate with people. We break down who your audience is um, and we build it. So it is a process and it's definitely something to look at exploring and, and even just getting you, are you ready for it? You know, are you ready to do it? And that's what a lot of will come out of that discovery session for sure is, is, is just, is it viable? Can I do this? You know, is it, is it, you know, sometimes people come up with ideas that are so amazing, but they don't need to flesh it out too much. It's actually just like, once they've put it out there, it's going to happen. Um, but that's, that isn't always, that's not always generally the case. You've got to work a little bit <laughs> at these things and you've got to, yeah, you've got to really analyze it down to, I would say, you know, it's like 10 things you're going to think about. So yeah, not, not a full answer for you, but I think it's something that can definitely be fleshed out in a, in a, you know, in a discovery chat for sure. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Appreciate that. And, and just on, on established businesses, you know, there's never any harm in, uh, you wouldn't all be sitting here or you wouldn't be involved with um, the, C, the circle of excellence if you weren't constantly thinking about how to retain your business, keep the business going, grow the business. Um, it's a constant uh, ebb and flow the whole time with business. And I'm not going to pretend to be an expert in that field, but having run businesses for the last 25 years, I can tell you now that if you don't keep your eye on, on you know, certain things the entire time in your business, they will, they will drop, they will, they will ebb, and then you've got to bring them back up again. So the whole point of having these type of um, uh, institutions that help you focus on your business and the elements that sit all in between is because it's it is a constant it, it's just a constant you can't ever just let it go um i don't know who's all on the call here that maybe even has um tips on how to do that because there's a reason why people write books create podcasts and videos on these things because it is an absolute minefield um and it's scary i think one of the things is that i being an entrepreneur is that you wake up excited and terrified every morning <laughs> and that is the absolute truth but there's people around you to help and I think that's really what um all of this the point of all of this really is is that we're not alone we're all in this okay. Ian, you're not muted you want to talk yes um thank you Lisa I just um just around a question around SEO and content creation around chat GPT. Mm. Mm. Uh, if you've had any experience with, with that uh, to date. Yeah, yeah. so um, two, two different things there. So SEO is obviously your search engine optimization and it is a super important element to a business. Um, however, it doesn't necessarily relate to every business. So. It, you have to ask yourself very base question is that if you are looking for a certain service or product and you go onto Google, which would be your primary, normally your primary search engine, what would you type in to find your business? Would people search for your business? Is it that obscure that they wouldn't? So it's that very base question. What are your keywords? In my instance, it would be um, uh, need help with digital marketing. Uh, don't understand Facebook. These are, you know, a myriad of, of, of phrases and sentences that might be searched for. And the idea is that my business would come up on page one. So that's, you know, one-on-one, very base search engine optimization. Can your business be found? Would they be searching certain things? 
when it, so that's the one thing and and that is something that uh, you would have to analyze whether your business is a searchable business or not um, when it comes to chat GPT and we've been asked this a few times is are you out of a job <laughs> will people not ever use you again because there's chat GPT now I mean they can literally type in anything and it's going to spew out this amazing piece of copy that we can use for marketing for a proposal to a client for a marketing uh, speech whatever Yes, absolutely. ChatGPT is wonderful. It is it is something we actually do use within this business as well, but we use it as an idea portal. So it's almost like Google on steroids as far as I'm concerned. Because remember, it's pulling from Google. It's pulling from all those search places. Um, but it is, it is a great tool. One warning that I would only give is do not use the copy verbatim. Remember, sure. it's pulling from sources. It's not thinking about plagiarism, it's not thinking about copyright, it's purely pulling together sources and putting it into a word format that sounds original, but it's not necessarily original. So use it as an idea portal by all means. It can really help you write that email that you've been struggling to write. Um, some people have even used it for love letters. Whatever it is that you need it for, and if you don't have a copyright or someone on hand, definitely use it as an ideas portal. It's brilliant. You know, um, I'm writing a blog the other day for the Safari camp and we're thinking about 30 reasons to come to the camp. I pop it into chat GPT. It spews up a whole bunch of stuff. I pick and choose what I think is going to work and I work it into my own language and words. So, yeah, use it, but just be, you know, super cautious that it is not original work. It sounds like it is, but just be be aware of where it's coming from, how it's pulling the information. Yeah, sure. And, and I, probably just to give you some context, um, I've used SEO probably for the last five years or so, um, given the nature of our product, which is a natural um, health product for men. Um, mm. I've We experienced a, probably a 20% drop in revenue after the latest algorithm changes of Google. Mm. Um, and my current agency is having difficulty reclaiming what we lost. Yeah. Um, they changed the authority to the to more to sort of government orientated sites. Um, and one thing I need to do is really expand the platforms that we use in order for us to be able to um, capture more markets, such as social. We've never used social. Okay. Um, so that's the reason I'd like to do a discovery call anyway. Yeah. Just to yeah. That sounds great. And I, yeah, that's that whole algorithm, you know, the way Google changes things every now and then. I'm like, it is, it is a hair pulling moment uh, a few times um, that we've experienced. You can tell, um, can't you? I'd love, I'd love to know what your product's about as well, because I have a, a secondary business that does organic products and um, oh. maybe there's some synergy there as well. Yeah, that'll be great. So I guess probably I, I won't sort of hog my time here so and let other people speak. So I'll just contact you offline and we can have a discussion. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, Ian. Thanks for the time. Cool. I see Milani's got a, a hand up. <laughs> Go so for I it. think what, what's just landed for me as well is the, the reason to use experts. Um, is, is pretty much what Ian is saying, is that because the algorithms change mm -hmm. and things change and we as a business are not, our business is not social media or understanding how the algorithms are changing or when they're changing. Um, I think it's important for us to understand what's dropped 
and be able to measure and go, this is dropping, this is whatever. How do I get help to pull the business up? So for me, it's yeah. just not really that landing that things change. Absolutely. I think that speaks true to any um, you know, professional service from your attorney to your doctor to your marketing to even business-related law or something like that. If you're not in the know and that's not your business, your business is selling the pen, how are you going to ever keep up with that? So I think absolutely, I mean, that's a testament to why people use uh, professionals. And while not everyone can afford it, I get that. It can also be a lifesaver at the end of the day when you when you when you don't understand, you can't keep up with things. Um, so experts in their field is exactly what business is all about. Um, and we do um, as a team, we are constantly trying to keep on top of those changes. And and yeah, it's 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 important. One has to do that. You have to keep up to date. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank You're you. Right. <laughs> is um, everyone sorted? Any other questions for Lisa? No, Lisa? not from me. <laughs> okay, great stuff. Thank you for, for joining in today's session. If you guys would like to rewatch the video for the content in the beginning, just um, have a look at the Facebook groups. We'll be reposting the videos and podcasts there. And um, I hope you guys have a great day further or evening further, wherever you are around the world. Thank you for tuning in. And thank you, Lisa, for being a guest on today's webinar. It's a pleasure. Thank you for everyone to tapping in. And yeah, I look forward to those that want to do a discovery chat. I think it's going to be super interesting. Yeah. Cheers, thank everyone. You. We'll yeah. see you next week. Bye.